Hello, you're watching Beyond Budget Headlines and today we are literally going to go beyond the headlines as we delve into the intricacies of the budget, its different elements. In the last few years, there has been a lot of debate around the significance of the budget exercise. One of the arguments is that a large part of the tax revenue that comes to the government is from outside the budget. Why should you then bother about the budget? Here's why. The budget lets you, the citizen of India, know where the government is spending its money. It helps you understand the tax structure and therefore the governance structure. If you're a business owner, then you want to know what the budget has in store for you. And if you are tracking the Indian economy, then there's no better place than to start with the budget. Uh, welcome to the show, AKB. So today you are going to take us through the various elements uh, of the budget, starting with the budget speech. Now we know there are two parts. Why don't you tell us what are these, uh, what is the significance of both these parts and what are the parts we must pay attention to? Yes, uh, the budget speech is the most important uh, and most visible part of the entire budget exercise that every government has to undertake uh, once in a year at least. Uh, but the interesting thing about the union budget speech is that uh, there is no uh, provision uh, for uh, the budget speech uh, under uh, the Constitution of India or any law. The budget speech is in addition to what is actually provided for and under various laws. So the law, the Constitution of India uh, under Article 112, 113 and 110A uh, actually uh, requires that the government should present just three documents. One is the annual financial statement. The second is the demands for grants. And the third is the finance bill. Now, once uh, the finance minister tables these three documents, the budget exercise technically should be over. But I think over the years, finance ministers right from 1947 onwards have been presenting a budget speech to provide an outline of what the government's um, uh, key proposals are. But let me first tell you about uh, the key areas that you should be uh, focusing on while you listen to the budget speech of the finance minister. There are, uh, there are two parts to the budget speech. The first part is the, is the longer part, which is called the part A of the speech. And the second part is the part B of the speech, which is relatively shorter. Part A uh, essentially uh, summarizes the state of the economy uh, and uh, also gives you an indication of what are the kinds of expenditure outlays that are being provided for. Uh, so if you follow the Part A of the speech, you will get to know uh, which are the areas where the government is spending its resources, uh, what is its view on the state of the economy, what kind of growth uh, scenario it has in mind while framing those expenditure outlays. It also gives it an indication of what kind of uh, the budget uh, revenues and the expenditure that the government uh, is hoping uh, to, to complete or incur uh, in the current year. Uh, and then it gives you uh, a sense of what kind of revenue management efforts will be required 
depending on the government's assessment of what should be the fiscal deficit. And then the finance minister gets into uh, part B of the speech. And the part of B of the speech is the most interesting part, because in part A, it's purely macroeconomic survey, uh, expenditure outlays, and part B is like you know, hitting the nail on its head. So the finance minister talks about what kind of taxes it wants to impose, what kind of relief it wants to give. Uh, there are many other taxes also, which uh, the finance minister usually talks about, the capital gains tax and how it wants to uh, tax income from abroad uh, and income, from, uh, income uh, uh, earned uh, by foreign portfolio investors. So those are all uh, areas that everybody will be glued to. Uh, on the indirect taxes, uh, there is uh, interest now only mainly on the custom side, uh, because uh, that's, the, that's the area which the government has reserved for itself. The excise, the bulk of excise and the services tax are all have gone out of the budget in the sense that they are decided by the GST council, wherein the state uh, finance ministers are also represented. So they are decided outside the budget. The budget is, 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 is concerned only to the extent that it will get the central goods tax revenue and what it projects to be its revenue. And that's all. It cannot, the budget cannot announce that what will be the GST rate for a certain goods or certain service. So, so don't expect anything on the GST rate in the budget. That's number one. But do expect what the government's excise duty will be on oil products because oil products are still not under the GST. So uh, you will not be surprised or you should not be surprised if the finance minister talks a little bit about its excise policy with regard to petrol and diesel. As you know, petrol and diesel prices are going up. And uh, some months ago, the government did raise excise duty on these products. And so uh, expect that some announcement may be made by the finance minister, say, providing some relief uh, to those who buy petrol and diesel for running their cars uh, or uh, commercial vehicles. Yes, in fact, this is something we had discussed uh, in the last episode yes. and viewers who are more interested uh, in knowing more about uh, this should check out the previous episode. So uh, AKB, the whole budget is going paperless this year. Uh, and there are so many elements to it, as you've also said, budget speech is the most popular one, the one that gets the most amount of footage. What are these other elements and what is the significance of each of this, if you can briefly take us through? As I said earlier, that, that uh, there are three uh, documents uh, that are tabled uh, in addition to the finance minister reading out uh, her budget speech, annual financial statement, the demands for grants and finance bill. Now, these uh, three documents uh, are necessary under the three separate articles under the Constitution of India. Now, an annual financial statement is nothing but just a recounting of the key expenditure and revenue items. And those are, uh, you know, split under uh, two broad heads of revenue and capital. The government of India believes that anything that is coming by way of tax revenue or non-tax revenue, or any expenditure made out of these non-tax revenues or tax revenues must come under what is called the revenue budget. 
the other segment of the budget is the capital budget wherein the government spends some money on capital expenditure and creating assets creating jobs maybe uh, um, and those uh, 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 expenditures are shown in the capital budget capital budget has one big item which is what is the amount of government's borrowing remember the government's borrowing which is almost 23 or 24% of the total budget size uh, actually coming under the capital side of the budget not on the revenue side with the budget but the interest payment comes under the 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 revenue side of the budget so that is about the annual financial statement then comes the demand for grants which actually will give you the details on which ministry has got how much money whether uh, your ministry for water has got more money for running the scheme on har ghar mein nal or whether the health ministry has got more money for rolling out uh, 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 ayushman bharat scheme uh, in a in a more expanded form uh, or whether uh, uh, the, the government wants to to allocate more resources for fertilizer subsidies or food subsidy so that is the demands for grants then comes the finance bill which is essentially are talking about the taxation changes that are necessary for this budget and the taxation changes are always carried out through amendments in the finance bill which after parliament passes and the president gives his assent becomes the finance act for that particular year the finance bill over the years has assumed greater importance because the finance bill is not just about taxation but it is also about many subsidiary pieces of legislation uh, that the government wishes to pass uh, uh, without necessarily getting into a big debate because remember when the budget is presented and the finance bill has many other provisions like for example what what will be the regulatory structure for many of the organizations uh, that are being regulated under the finance ministry uh, now let's say the uh, some changes in the insurance regulatory bill now the finance bill will also include some small section on the insurance regulation changes uh, and those will get passed along with the finance bill and since it's a money bill therefore it will not have uh, the face uh, close scrutiny by rajya sabha rajya sabha may discuss it but it doesn't have the power to reject the bill it will automatically after its discussion go back to lok sabha and lok sabha will pass it so therefore that is the finance bill but going beyond uh, these three documents there are many other documents that you cannot ignore and that uh, those documents uh, are a macroeconomic framework statement and a medium term fiscal policy come fiscal policy strategy statement now these two statements are submitted to parliament under the fiscal responsibility and budget management act and as we have discussed in earlier episodes that this year most probably even this frbm act may be changed and if they are changed then expect that both these statements to lay out the new road map for what will be the targets for fiscal deficit in the next 3 4 years and what will be the target for the overall debt to gdp for the central government 
So these two documents become important under the FRBM Act. And in addition, there are uh, quite a few other documents like the expenditure budget, the receipt budget, there's an expenditure profile document, and most importantly for journalists like you and me, there's a document called budget at a glance. Yeah. Now that document is very important for us if you want to know the budget as its name suggests at a glance. Expenditure budget will tell you about ministry-wise, sector-wise, what the government is spending where. Receipt budget will tell you what is the government's non-tax revenue and what is the government's tax revenue. Both are very important because, as you know, the government's tax uh, revenues uh, are as important as its non-tax revenues. And then there is something called capital receipts. Now, in the, in the capital receipts come a very important item, which is called disinvestment receipt, or let us say, whatever it gets by way of dividend or surplus profit transfer from Reserve Bank of India. Now, these are called capital receipts. So the receipt budget document will tell you about the nature of the receipts that the government gets from either the capital side or from the revenue side. And as I said, the revenue side means both tax revenue and non-tax revenue. So that in brief is the way the budget uh, presents uh, its documents. Uh, it's a detailed account, but I thought it was will be useful for all of us to know the various documents that you need to keep track of. Absolutely. It's such a plethora of information uh, that is given to us. And as journalists, obviously, we look at all of these different elements. And the first few things are the speech and the budget at a glance. And then we go to our respective ministries that we cover to understand not just what has been allocated, but the revised estimates also give us a picture of uh, uh, how the money was spent. Uh, as a taxpayer, sir, because tax is one of the most sought of, uh, after information uh, once the budget comes. What is the thing? What are the things that we should look for in the budget? And uh, not individual taxpayer, sir, but as a business owner also, what is it that I need to look for? It is important uh, for a taxpayer not to just look at the budget speech. It is important to start off your inquiry from the budget speech. Then you need to consult two other documents. One is, as I mentioned, the finance bill. And the second document that you need to consult is something called the explanatory memorandum to the finance bill. Now, the finance bill is written from a taxation lawyer's point of view. So very often, uh, if you are not a taxation expert or a lawyer, you will not be able to make much sense of um, the, 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 the taxation changes that have been made. Uh, so therefore, you need to read the budget speech to know that the finance minister has raised duty on this item by so many percentage points. Then you refer that uh, point to the finance bill and you see how it has been inserted or added or expanded or modified. And then you go into the explanatory memorandum to check in what way that taxation change has been incorporated and what its implications are. The explanatory memorandum uh, used to be a wonderful uh, document because it used to give 
not only the implication of the taxation chain, but also provide the historical context. But of late, the explanatory memorandum to the finance bill uh, have not been very, very uh, explicit on these matters. Uh, so you have to do some digging after that. Uh, but by and large, uh, your understanding of the taxation policy changes will become clear uh, if you look at the budget speech, and then you look at the finance bill, and then for annotation and better understanding, look at the explanatory memorandum to the finance bill. Don't forget to look at the annexes at the end of the finance minister's speech. This is a new addition that we have seen in the last few years, where uh, there are many annexes after the budget speech, which outline the major tax policy changes, which outline actually also what are the off-budget borrowing that the government has done, uh, what are uh, the key areas where the government is spending its money. So in a certain sense that the budget speech document today has become uh, even more important and quite comprehensive to, for, for anybody to understand the key implications of the budget. Good old days, the budget speech used to be only budget speech. But now in the last three, four years, uh, we have seen that the budget speech also contains those annexes which provide a lot by way of the government's sectoral expenditure, uh, the government's uh, revenues from which are the sources of revenues, where it is spending the money and which are the taxes that have been changed. And then if you need to know more, as I said earlier, going for the finance bill and then going for the explanatory memorandum to the finance bill. That is very helpful, sir. Now people can actually, instead of finding, uh, you know, getting confused into that uh, whole lot of information that is thrown, can directly go to the documents that you have mentioned sure, to understand sure. better. Uh, sir, is there anything else that you uh, would like to cover or add? No, I, 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 think, uh, I think we have broadly covered uh, most of the items uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a budget documents uh, that uh, one will have to deal with uh, on 1st of February, that is Monday. Uh, not too many days uh, are left. Uh, but I think uh, it will be uh, important uh, uh, to, to note that, uh, uh, that uh, there are uh, many uh, policy issues uh, that are also uh, outlined uh, uh, in the budget speech. Uh, so uh, there are uh, reference, there will be references or there are always references to the government's economic policies. For example, uh, the government has been talking a lot about Atmanirbhar Bharat. Uh, so uh, it is likely that the finance minister may actually expand on the idea of Atmanirbhar Bharat in the budget speech. Uh, so uh, the budget speech becomes uh, very critically important from that perspective as well. Uh, and also the, my final point would be that don't uh, dismiss the budget at a glance because the budget at a glance gives you not just the figures uh, on, uh, on, on how much money has been received through various taxes, but it also tells you about how much money is being transferred to the states. And if you go back from the budget at a glance to the receipt budget, you will actually be able to see that which state has got how much tax transferred from the state. This year, it will be very, very important to see that because this budget will reflect the recommendations 
made by the 15th Finance Commission. And obviously, the transfer uh, amounts will be different. It will follow the new recommendations that the 15th Finance Commission has made. And uh, the government will also uh, table a paper on that on the day the budget is being presented. Great, sir. Thank you so much. I hope we have all taken something from this discussion and will be able to understand the budget better. If you like this video, do share it and subscribe to Business Standard. You can also visit our website, business-standard.com. You can follow us on all the social media platforms and write to me at rchitravanshi on Twitter with any feedback and suggestions. Thank you so much for watching. Stay tuned.